Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to episode 81 of the Rex Chapman Show with my super dope homeboy from the Lex town, Josh Hopkins. What's up, Josh? What's happening, sexy Rexy? I see you with your Sayre Spartan high school I'm repping Robert Goodman and the Sayre Spartans. Coach Goodman, that's right. We need to have Coach Goodman on the show sometime. We do, we do indeed. Episode 81. Know any famous 81s, Josh? That's the the wide receiver number. Yeah, baby. Uh, Randy Moss. Randy Moss, Terrell Owens. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Tim uh, Tim Brown, Eisman Trophy winning Tim Brown, Eisman yeah. Trophy winning yeah. Tim Brown. Yeah, plenty, yeah, plenty of eighty-one. Quality, yeah. quality. Uh, you want to talk? Uh, well, first of all, um, we like to do book club each week. Um, right. b- talk about the books that we've we've been reading lately. This week, Josh, interestingly, I didn't read anything. Nothing. Oh. Didn't okay. get. Well, yeah, I didn't. A- I didn't. I didn't even see anything to read. Not really. Well, that's yeah, not, not Twitter, not anything. I haven't found yeah. anything to read. Not a billboard, nothing. But uh, what about you? What about you? Well, uh, I yeah. did not read anything either. That's been book club. Um, uh, let's see. There's a lot happened here this week. Yes, yes, there has been. Uh, NBA. Let's talk a little bit of NBA. The Lakers mm-hmm. having a little bit of a resurgence. They are, but are they going to make the playoffs? I think they got to be in it to win it, but I, I I think they sneak in. They have to play in the play-in game. I don't know, but um, also the Phoenix Suns are undefeated since they got Kevin Durant. And h- how do you beat a team that doesn't lose? That's they. You know that was such a seemingly perfect piece. You know, obviously Kevin Durant's always going to be a perfect piece, but you look at the Mavericks and they've just fallen apart yeah yeah and so it you know chemistry matters i don't and, know that we've ever had i mean a couple of years ago the bucks won it beat the suns in the finals and that was kind of a you know a, a, a different finals than we've had in recent times i can't think of another year where we have no idea right now like i don't do you know who's going to win it who's the best not, team we don't know mm-mm. i don't even know yeah. who i wonder who uh, Las Vegas has. I, I don't know. And even know. Denver. Denver is really good. But mm-hmm. again, they haven't had the postseason su- success. Jamal Murray's coming off a, an injury. Can, you know, the Joker get his team deep into the playoffs, into the finals? There are a lot of questions. And then there's Celtics, Golden State. Celtics. Celtics Sixers. Um, mm-hmm. Milwaukee. I, I mean, I just, there's, there are five teams, it seems like, in each, each conference that I'm not going to be su- surprised to uh, be holding up a trophy at the end of this. Yeah, it's Maybe not five, but a few. It's going to be fun. Uh, Josh, uh, last week we had an amazing women's tournament. We did. Uh, incredible. And, you know, there was some controversy, some uh, talking, some uh, – 
shit talking, um, talking trash, pointing to the ring and the finger and all that stuff. And as we were doing that, you know, people were talking about uh, Kim Mulkey running into the referee and the officiating was bad and blah, 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 blah. Guess what? We're watching. 10 million people watch. You can't have 10 million people watch and then not complain about what they're seeing or not comment on what they're seeing. I think it's been great for sports. I think it's been great for women's sports. I think it's been great to start this conversation. But the second trash talk's been going on forever. It's what people like. There's a video that people put out weekly of something they perceive me talking shit to Michael Jordan. People like, like they like that. They no nobody's ever been like, well, that's disrespectful. Mm -hmm. Come on. It's sports. We're out there competing. And Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark didn't have a problem with it. So the rest of us shouldn't either. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah. Caitlin was doing it the whole tournament doing things. Yeah. And we loved it. She's like, we loved it. And she came out and said, this is no controversy. Yeah. She liked, she liked it. She liked that. She got her just due. She's like, that's sports. Angel Reese. Yes. They beat us. She gave it to me. That's fine. If they don't care, why do we care? I think it's one of the lessons we learned first from our parents or someone as a kid. You bet if you're going to dish it out, you better be able to take it. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a basic tenet of life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That and good sportsmanship. I don't know. They exist somewhere together. They they, they exist somewhere together. That's right. That's right. Uh, and not, what? not, not leastly, but yep. lastly, maybe, um, we have a new national champion in men's. We do. Oh, we do. Basketball. As my guy, Karan Butler likes to remind me, whenever you can't, you can. Mm. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I, uh, they were, you was really impressive the entire tournament like they put it together at the right time and were clearly the best team in the country they sweat a little bit in the championship game for a couple minutes but other than that they just smoked smoked teams i mean uh, big bodies uh great wings really good guards it was a fun tournament to watch also san diego state was terrific so was FAU. Yeah. FAU, man. I wouldn't have been surprised to see them in the title game. It just what a fun year and and fun to see teams that aren't normally there. Right. 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 It was. It was interesting. It's it's tell, tells a lot about uh, parity in college basketball and uh, all the talent there is. And with teams, new players uh, portaling all the time, you just mm-hmm. you can't predict mm-hmm. the. Again, you can't predict the um, cohesion and chemistry, and uh, UConn had it all. I think you make a great point there with the portal and, and whatnot, Josh. I think the best teams we're going to see going forward are teams that uh, probably attack the portal portal and roster building like they do in pro sports, like the NBA with a general manager, with somebody who looks and knows every little detail of their personnel and tries to go out and find pieces that are going to fit for them. I think we're seeing a little bit of a change in college sports and I'm all for it. Yeah. Well, if, if you are not it's yeah. here, so That's, it's here, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. All right, Josh, let's get to our guest. You want to, we have NCAA champion, 
National College Player of the Year, Final Four, Most Outstanding Player, the number one overall pick in 1988 in the NBA, two-time NBA All-Star, former Sixth Man of the Year, 15-year NBA vet. Welcome, Associate Head Coach for the Louisville Cardinals, Daniel Ricardo Manning. What's up, <laughs> Danny? Rex, what's going on? How you guys doing? Doing great. How about you, man? I'm doing all right, Rex. Uh, you know, it's every day you wake up thankful for the day and, and you try to maximize it and use it to the best of your abilities. Well, you and I, uh, I see you got your Louisville shirt on yeah, and you yeah. and I, you and I played on the Pan Am team back in 1987, right there mm -hmm. in Louisville for coach wow. Crump. You've been in Louisville for a year now. And I guess the most pressing question I have is, are you sick yet of getting beat by Kentucky? Uh, not yet, not yet, not yet. We're, we got to change that. We've got to change the narrative on that. But I mean, you know what, Rex, it's, you know, this area, Josh, you know, this area as well. And so the energy that surrounds that rivalry, the game of basketball in itself, it's, it's, it's special. And, um, you know, for me, having experienced it this year for the first time, we go down to Lexington and uh, we, you know, we lose a game, don't play well. But just the energy that was around that game, the amount of people that were so invested in that game, it's a special rivalry, as you know. And, um, you know, we've got to do our part to make it a much better rivalry in terms of, you know, checking off the boxes and getting some wins and things of that nature. But, um it felt really cool to be a part of it in terms of just the rivalry in itself, not necessarily how the game played out. Yeah. Talk talk to me for a minute, D, about um, your relationship with Kenny Payne, your connection to Mississippi and and mm -hmm. how far back you guys go and and why you decided to, to take this job alongside him there at, at Louisville. Well, you know, Rex, in this profession, any profession, you want to work with guys or people that you enjoy being around, that you love, that you care for, that have a lot of the same values that you have. And, um, you know, for me, it goes way back. You know, my father recruited KP when he was in Mississippi. Um, so there's a connection there. And, and then, you know, KP comes here to Louisville, and one of my mentors was Derek Smith because we yep. had the same agent coming out, yep. Ron Grinker. And so, you know, coming up here and being involved with Derek in terms of him helping me develop as a young man on and off the court, playing pickup games in Crawford Gym with these guys, uh, and just being in the area, just develop that relationship. And then over the course of the professional piece of it, seeing him, knowing the connection we have with, with my dad and all the other different people from Mississippi, the coaching piece of it, um, you know, he spent a lot of time working for Kyle, and Kyle was at Kansas when I first got there. And then just being in the business and knowing who he was and is as a person um, was a easy decision for me when he offered me the opportunity to come. And so I'm looking forward to being a part of the the build, the, the turnaround, if you will, and getting Louisville basketball back to where we feel it should be. Danny, real quickly, I, I, I heard you accident. I'm sure you've heard it a lot, but I heard you throw one at Louisville. Yeah, I'm sure they've been telling you, you got to go with Louisville. Yeah, all right. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Louisville will all right. the few, the few, jump on you. All right. All right. I got you. Yeah. All yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, shoot. Hey, D, um, I, of course, grew up um, hearing your name due to the fact that my dad and your dad were friends. They were coaches. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, so I knew of you before I ever saw you play. In fact, I don't know if I ever told you this. I um, I was at Western Kentucky's camp uh, with Dwayne Casey, Clem Haskins, those guys in uh -huh. like that eighth grade. 
And Dwayne had, I wasn't very good yet, but he thought I might be someday. And we were talking one day after stations and I was like, what's Danny Manning like, uh, Dwayne? He said, Rex, he does everything. And when I say everything, he takes charges too. And, <laughs> and this was for a high schooler. And I remember going, what? He, he, he's like that. And then I got to see you like the next summer we were at a camp together. I'm uh, like, yeah, this is the guy. He's the guy. Danny, why, did, where did that come from? I mean, obviously I, I know how, how uh, committed you were to the fundamentals of the game and the skills of the game, but where did it, what inside you, where did it come from that you were just that guy do, willing to do whatever it, it meant, no matter how good you were? Rex, I think it, for both of us, it, for my fathers, to be honest with you, yeah. um, you know, those guys were involved in the game of basketball. My father was fortunate enough to play professional basketball, and he was able to have a job playing professional basketball because of the little things, because of the intangibles, setting picks, getting guys open, rebounding, yeah. diving on the floor, all those small things. And that's kind of how, not kind of, that's how I was taught to play the game. And I had a lot of other coaches growing up that echoed those same sentiments. And that's just something that that stuck with me. Um, you know, the era that we were growing up in, Rex, you had to be a, a versatile basketball player. You had to be able to do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And that elevated you to be in whatever level that you got to. And we really didn't have a lot of specialists in our days growing mm -hmm. up. And yeah. so for me, um, I was very fortunate where I had a lot of older guys that took an interest in me um, and, and you kind of figure it out after a while. It's like when you're, when you're pretty good for your age and you're able to go play with older guys, you're in more of a ball handling passing role than anything. You don't yeah. get to shoot it as much. <laughs> Those guys will let you know right off the bat. Hey, 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 hey young fella, you're not here to do that. You That's get right. us the rock and you, you get out the way. And so for me, that, that was huge in my development because it was fun. I was on the court with older guys getting better and, that was kind of the, the role that I assumed for a lot of years, playing with older players. And then as you started to get a feel for that, you know, a lot of different things come into play. But, you know, for me, it goes back to my father. Um, I'm sure the same for you, talking yeah. about being well-rounded, being able to do a little bit of this, being able to do a little bit of that. And that's just where it all came from. And, and I enjoyed playing that way. You know, it was – I'm sorry. What, what was That's your a, first impression of Rex? My first impression of Rex was, you know, it was always, it was Sexy Rex. That was a nickname <laughs> he had out there. So everybody knew it was Sexy Rex when you were talking about Rex. And so, you know, you, you talk about Rex, you talk about somebody who a lot of people describe in, in ways that they normally didn't describe guys that look like Rex. And I said, not, it's Rex is super athletic. Rex had a lot of bounce. Rex played with a lot of swag, a lot of confidence, and not to the point where it was something that was a turnoff, but it was something that you you could feed off of. You could feel his energy. You could feel his confidence level. Um, you could see how he was on the court. There were times when um, Rex would be playing, and maybe it's not a good night for him shooting the basketball, but he's doing other things. You know, he's guarding. He's talking to guys, letting them know what he's seeing out there on the court. He's finding out, finding different ways to to help his team be successful. And I attribute that back to his dad and the coaching yeah. that he got growing up because yeah. I felt I was the same type of player in that regard. And so, you know, for me, it was always fun to see Rex because of, you know, always being on top of the rim and all those things, shooting long jump shots. But also I think something that was very underrated about Rex's game was his pull-up game. 
Ransom come off the balance wow. and get to that mid-range and get to that pull-up. And um, he elevated so high I could get to his window and get that shot off. And, you know, for me, going back with the connection we have with our fathers, playing together on the Pan Am team, playing against each other professionally, playing together professionally was a lot of fun. And, and Rex, I still, like, I love telling this story <laughs> to this day when we were playing Seattle Supersonics. We were up in Seattle, and there was one particular play where you were you were game, you were, you were playing great. You were shooting the ball really, really well. And I was not a three-point shooter. And I caught the ball behind the three-point line, and I knew I wasn't going to shoot it. Rex knew I wasn't going to shoot it. So I kind of pumped fake, and, and Seattle goes, now, you know, scouting report said he's not a shooter. And then I kind of loaded up to shoot again, and for whatever reason, all these guys ran at me. And Rex's man comes to me, and I kicked over to Rex for a wide over three, and it was one of the – the funniest assist they ever got just because it's just like they knew I wasn't going to shoot it, but wow. Okay. And, and you know, another thing I always go back and I remember is Rex and I, we had a lot of fun playing a two man game, pick and roll. Game. Yes. And I could come over there and I could slip it. And Rex is throwing me a dime behind his back, going to the basket. So, you know, it was. That was one of my favorite things. The, I'm yeah, trying to get yeah. somebody in Phoenix to pull up those clips. Cause we, yeah. we had a play called shark. Yep, and yep. Danny would come like he was going to set a two-man pick and he would – two-man game – and he would slip it and I would just slip it behind my back and we'd get a dunk every game or an easy yep. basket every yep. single game. And, the, yep. and the, the opposing bench would be going, watch watch the slip, watch the slip, watch the slip. Watch the slip. Yep. It is too yep. late. Yep. So, so yeah, Josh, I mean, it's playing with Rex was a lot of fun, you know, and uh, you, know, you look back and you see a lot of different guys that are able to do a lot of different things, but there's still not too many guys that could do it on all the levels that Rex did it. And oh, um, really just very fortunate to, to, to have that experience. And then, um, you know, we're at an age where we were, we were maturing as young men and our kids were growing up, hanging mm -hmm. out together mm -hmm. and, you know, all that played a factor in it too. No question. Our kids, yeah. Taylor and Zeke and Kaylee yep. and Tatum and yep. Tyson and Evan, those guys yep. grew up starting. I remember they went to, well, we all went trick-or-treating together for years. Yep. I mean, mm -hmm. just when they were kids. Mm, that's uh, great. The, the, in 1988, you guys won the national title. We were a really good team at Kentucky. Arizona was really good. Oklahoma, Louisville. You guys came, Indiana, you guys came out on top and your team has been referred to for the last 30 some years for 40 some 30 some years as Danny and the Miracles. Um how does that name um how does that name affect you? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? Um because I, I, I know some of those guys that were on your team and they were really good players. Yeah. You know what Rex it's it's something that I'm not fond of to be honest with you just because I understand what basketball is about. You know mm -hmm. I'm not one person isn't gonna go out there and do it by himself. And it doesn't how many, matter how many shots you make, um, how effective you think you are. You, you have to have a group of guys or, or people out there that are all willing and invested. And then for me, I had a lot of guys that were extremely unselfish. They got me open. They got me the basketball. Um, they covered for me defensively. They held me accountable throughout the course of um, playing. And so for me, it was, it was something that I feel like is a disservice to those guys from the standpoint of what mm -hmm. they contributed to um, the overall success of our team. And they were so great me, high school players, great high school players yeah. and great college. Kevin Pritchard. I mean, come on, yeah. uh, yeah. Scooter, all those guys yeah. could really play and come from, you know, nice basketball lineage as well. Yes, that's right. And, you know, the thing about that run for us, Rex and Josh, in every game, it was somebody different on our team. 
It was Scooter one game. Mm-hmm. It was Milt one game. It was Kevin one game. You know, and, and it just the list goes on and on and on. And that, and that made it a lot of fun, too, because every time that we stepped out there on the court, we had a great coach in Larry Brown who challenged us every day to be the best that we could be. And we, we, we eventually bought into everything that he was saying down the stretch, and it worked out well for us. And I say eventually because throughout the course of that year, we yeah. – we came in to it ranked pretty high and then we hit some tough times and, you know, we had some movement on the team in terms of mm-hmm. players being removed. We bring in a couple football players that brought some toughness and a little more moxie to us. Coach Brown continues to tinker with the style of play and then all of a sudden it hits. And probably the biggest thing for us, Rex, was that Kevin got hurt mm-hmm. towards the end of the year and then he's able to come back. And then once he comes back and, and handles that point guard position for us, we really started to take off. Well, well, I got to interject here real quick because, yeah. of course, if your team wins, it's always the most memorable tournament. When Kentucky wins or goes, you know, it's it's just yep. the greatest thing that could happen. Um, sadly for me, um, <laughs> but, but other 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 teams and other final games stand out. Amongst the others, uh, including, you know, the villain over Georgetown and uh, 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 Valvano looking for a hug. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm sorry. If you don't want to be called Danny in the Miracles, in the final <laughs> game, don't go for 31, 18 rebounds, five steals, and two bucks. I'm sorry. You're going to have to live with it. Okay? Because that was one of the most amazing performances in the history of the NCAA, of the NCAA tournament, and certainly the final game. I remember sitting there in my house watching that and hearing, the and Danny Batty again. And I'm just like, oh, my God. So you're going to have to live with that one. (laughs) You know what? I mean, Josh, a lot of it, too, was also the perfect storm for us, just in regards to we're playing that championship in Kansas City, 30 minutes away from our campus, there's a lot of energy and, and excitement surrounding it. The teams that we were able to beat in the NCAA tournament were teams that beat us in the regular season. And so, you know, it, it was kind of a perfect storm for us in that regard with the amount of attention. Um, it was the 50th anniversary of the championship. So it was, it all worked out well. But, you know, once again, it's, I'm very fortunate for the teammates that I had and, and, and certainly the coaches. It was amazing. What was it like growing up with Peyton and Eli? That was wonderful. That game I will never forget, and, and I'm not a huge Kansas fan, as you might uh, mm-hmm. understand, but that was amazing, man. Thank you for, for that memory, even for me. Thank so, you. Very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. So, D, so D were you, you, you – um, Larry hired your dad at mm-hmm. Kansas. Were you – were you a Larry Brown fan growing up? Were you a Kansas fan? Were you always going to go to Kansas? Was it up in the air? Um, you know, Rex, my dad played for Coach Brown professionally mm-hmm. um, with the Carolina Cougars in Greensboro. And so when my father retired from playing, we moved back to Greensboro. So my father was doing some odd-end jobs, right? He was a construction worker at one point. He was driving a truck at another point. Mm-hmm. He was a part-time assistant coach at North Carolina A&T with Gene Littles and George Felton yep. at one point. Yep. And so, and he was going through some health issues. He had a triple bypass while yep. we were there in high school. And so when Coach Brown offered my father a coaching position, 
for our family, that was the best thing that could ever happen just because my father um, could lock in on one job. He could do something that he really cared and loved to do was teach the game of basketball. And so I moved away from Greensboro, North Carolina, like days before the start of my senior year. And that was a different and traumatic experience in itself. Mm -hmm. Once I got to Kansas and um, I really enjoyed the people that I was around, I made some really good friends. Jeff Johnson was somebody who really took me under his wing and helped me out. But I didn't know much about Kansas when I got there. Um, I knew who Larry Brown was. I knew he had success professionally. I knew he was a great basketball player. I knew he took UCLA to a Final Four. And the things that I heard about him from my father was – this is someone who can help you become better. And yeah. once I get to Kansas and I, I get a chance, you know, I go into the office almost every day because at the time, Lawrence, it still is, Lawrence High School and the University of Kansas were blocks away from each other. Yep. Yep. So I would leave high school and come over to the dad, my dad's office and we'd go work out or go do whatever and just got a chance to build a relationship with Coach Brown and take in games to Kansas once the season started. And that was really cool. You know, because I'd never yeah, gone yeah. to college basketball game in a unique environment like Allen right. Fieldhouse on a regular basis. And so to, to see that energy and to feel that energy was something that uh, I was fortunate enough to be a part of. And then also, I'm a, I'm a mama's boy, too. I wanted my yeah. mom to see me play, and I wanted to be around my mom as well. <laughs> I hear and, you. And I knew the only way that was going to happen was to, to, to go to Kansas. And so for me, it's a great decision feel very fortunate and blessed to play for Coach Brown, who made me better, who on the court, off the court, um, and, and challenged me and prepared me for the next level. And then, you know, being around my dad every day for that duration in college was also special because when he was doing those other jobs, not around all the time. You yeah. know, back in the day when they're playing professional basketball, they're no charter flight. So when they go on a road trip, it is a true road trip. They're, they're gone. gone for a while. Yeah. Right. Right. And so, you know, all those things that played into it, you know, I it was just I couldn't have written a better script in terms of how it played out. Um, got a chance to, you know, you win a championship, you graduate, you know, and meet Julie. Um, you know, it all worked out great. Yeah, man, I I was uh, I was doing a what what high school in Carolina was it, Danny Hickory? Green, Greensboro Page. Green, Wash, okay. Washburn with the Hickory. Right, Washed right. Oh, yep, Greensboro. Yeah. And yeah. so, well, I was interviewing a guy uh, uh, six months ago, actor, comedian Ken Jong, and uh-huh. yep. I was doing I was doing a little research beforehand. And I looked up his high school and I went, ah. I got him because yeah. he's also a huge basketball fan. And yeah. I said, you know, Ken, I was researching this and I said, interesting. You're not even the most famous guy at your high school. And he went, what? And I said, yeah, my guy, Danny Manning. And, <laughs> you know, that was our connection and it got yes. us going. And he went yep. straight into watching you shoot hoops in the, in people's driveways in yeah. Carolina, you know, yeah. so that, yeah. it was amazing. Um, I, I, I need to get to this because I don't think we've ever really talked about it. I was on the floor with you when you uh, blew your knee out twice. Once right. at, okay. at, once in practice, once in Sacramento, right at the uh-huh. end of the season. Yep. yep. Um, how how crazy. Well, you played four years of college, four years of high school, nothing, nothing, and yeah. get into the league and immediately a knee injury. I mean, before yeah. you can ever, ever really get started, you come back from that and – you're an all-star and you make your way back. But those knee injuries really set you back. 
they they hampered your you know they hampered your development as a pro. You were still an unbelievable. I still say you're an, you're a Hall of Famer. You're you're with with health. It's uh, you're undeniable. So how how difficult was that, D? Uh, emotionally, physically, all of it to to you know be healthy your whole life and then get into the league <clears throat> finally after four years of college and have that happen. You know, Rex, it's it's unique from the standpoint of this. It happened so early in my career. That's all I know. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the only way I knew how to navigate and play. And so, you know, you go through it and the traumatic part was sitting in the doctor's office yeah. and hearing the doctor say, well, hey, this, this is basically a career threatening in maybe ending type right. of injury. And at that time, I think it was Bernard King in the midst of his comeback yeah, from an ACL. That was it. We didn't have and, a lot of guys who had been successful with it. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, it just got to be a point of saying, okay, if if I can get back to a point of being functional on the court, I'm 6'10". I can become more of a true post player or I can kind of modify my game to, to fill a niche, to fill a void, to, to fill a role. And, and so for me, going through that rehab, the first one was the hardest because yeah. it was so unknown. The medical technology that we were using back then was the best that we had, but yeah. not what it is today. And so for me, that whole mindset was give myself a chance. And so talking to different doctors before I had my surgery and the doctor that I ended up going with was Dr. Stephen Lombardo, Herman mm-hmm. and Job out of L.A., who was the Lakers team doctor. And he gave me so much hope in the sense of, Danny, when I perform this surgery, I can do this. I can perform the surgery. The graft will be tight. This side on the medical piece will be good. I promise you that. The rest of it is going to be up to you and how you mm-hmm. fight through rehab, how you handle rehab, and what you're willing to put yourself through to get back to that level. And, and once I heard that, Rex, it was just like, there's a chance. Not a great one, but there's a chance. And, and that's kind of what I was looking for at that point in time. Yeah. You know, it, I just I just go back. And when I think about when I think about everybody, you know, we we mm-hmm. we watch Kevin McHale limp around these days. He said, got a fused ankle. And we mm-hmm. when I think about the guys who have been injured in the league um, and guys that I played with, I think of you. And the reason I do is, is because people don't really understand how much time someone like yourself coming off multiple knee injuries is spending in rehab and in the trainer's room. I mean, D you spent for probably several years, you spent more time in the training room than you did on the court. I mean, hours, strength, conditioning, massages, ice, all of the uh, preventative stuff. Uh, How were you able to, you know, stay focused and, you know, sometimes that takes the joy out of the game. How are you able to keep your joy? Well, for me, Rex, it was the love of the game, and these are the cards that I've been dealt. And then also it was the kids, you know, every every day making sure I woke up and said, you know what, I got to set an example of yeah. how to work. You know, this is these are the cards that I've been dealt, fair, whatever, indifferent, whatever it is, yeah. this is a hand I got to play. So let's play it to the best of our ability. And that was it for me. You know, and then I blow my knee out the second time and it's a little bit easier because you know what? I've done this before. Mm-hmm. The third time it was, that was like, the second, okay. second, second time was in practice in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yes. 
Correct. Yeah. That's right. Pre, That's right. Preseason. Uh, preseason. Or no, it was, it was training camp. No, no. No, it was it was no, it was during the season. It was during, during the season. season. Yeah, it was during the season. And I, I uh, it was actually And I believe weren't you playing on yeah, a minimum deal? I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, mm-hmm. yeah that, was, that was my first year in Phoenix. Was the in Phoenix. That's right. That's, That's right. right. That's right. And so that was that was the middle anguish part of it, Rex. I'm sitting there on that yeah, training right. table in the training room, and I'm saying to myself, "I signed." It. All I could say is, "I signed a one year." That's the only thing I'm, in my head. You signed yeah. a one year deal. You yeah. signed a one year deal. You signed a one year deal. And so, and it just had to be a point where I was like, "This is what I wanted to do. I can't sit here and let that frustration take away from what I got to do moving forward." And then. You know, for us, we, we play for one of the best owners ever. Yeah. And, yep. and Jerry Colangelo to this day is somebody that um, I think is a wonderful, special person. Um, and, you know, he I gave remember me a him contract. comforting you. I remember him comforting you in that mm-hmm. moment. Yes. Um, like, like right mm-hmm. when it happened. Yes. Um, and I, I just remember you looking at him and being like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, it would, uh, most owners wouldn't do that. Uh, I think, you know, and he, he was a really good guy. He is a really good Rex, guy. What's that like for you? To, you've obviously got so much love for him and to see it happen and then to see it happen again. How do you, what's that like for you? On the it's court? awful. It's awful. I remember, uh, and I, I forget what year it was, but it was probably 98 or nine. Uh, Danny, we were wrapping up the season, getting ready to go yep. into the playoffs. Yep. And I'm following right. Danny on a break, following him. Uh, he's running down uh, in Sacramento and yep. he, he collapses. And I don't really remember. I remember running over there and uh, I don't even remember you really being in pain. I remember you just being pissed and yep. shaking your head. And and me, my my mind is already going to, you know, we're we're winding down the season. We only have a few games left, and no matter what happens, this fucks Danny summer and fall up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he he we're all getting ready to go. We we muddled through a season. And, and yeah. you know, forget the playoffs, forget the re- you play so you can have a little time off in the summer to relax. Now he's gonna be rehabbing for the rest of his career. I mean, right. that that was the part of it for me that just as a teammate, you just go, my God, right. the luck, the luck. Right. And you didn't, right. you didn't take a bad step, nothing. It was just freak. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Sacramento, right. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. And I remember going back in the locker room with Prosky and, you yeah. know, he's, you know, he's a trainer and he's, you know, consoling me and talking to me. And I you know, kind of looked at it probably Prosky. I've done this before, my man. I know what this is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, was, yeah he did. No, yeah, this ain't going to happen. Hand me a beer, man. Let's sit in and get some ice right. this. <laughs> I, I tell you, the way they kept me and Danny taped up and, and, and uh, treated to get us out there every night was, was a chore. And we yes. could go to, into some more details, but we That's won't. That's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. D, what's what's up for Louisville? What what do you guys got going on 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 uh, on the horizon? You got some players coming in. How's it, how good does it feel to have this first season over? Get your new guys in and, and get going. Well, you know, you come in, and anytime you take over a college program, for the most part, or any program, it's one of two reasons: the coach had success and moved on, or there wasn't a lot of success and they want to change. You know, so we come in, and uh, there's there's a change needed. And KP comes in and the amount of energy and the amount of love and support that he's receiving and received when he initially took the job mm-hmm. throughout the course of this year has been really mind-blowing, Rex, from the standpoint of the amount of energy surrounding this program. As you know, I mean, the Kentucky's right down the road and that support is unreal as well in terms of the amount of energy that people put into it. So t- to have that and to feel that and know that, you know, going into it, we knew year one, you're laying your foundation. And, you know, I think KP has done a tremendous job of laying the foundation of how we want to do things, the type of young men we want to bring into our program and how we want to treat our young men. And that's one of the things, Josh, that really aligned me with KP and and wanting to be a part of this was because of things he said to me in the interviewing process. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of it, it was, we didn't talk basketball. You know, it was, can are you willing to help young people achieve their goals, dreams, and aspirations? And if we can help these guys do that, then we're going to win some basketball games and we're going to have some success. But a lot of times you don't hear coaches come to you and say, we're not going to talk basketball. You know, we're not going to talk X's and O's. We're not going to talk shooting technique or any of that stuff. Can you help me love on young people to help them reach their full potential or as close to that ceiling as possible. And that's what the discussion was about when we started talking. And then and, and that for me was, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and so from there, Rex, that's how all the guys on our staff, you know, those were questions that we were thrown by KP from the get-go. And then from there, it's, okay, you can do that. It's a fit. I know who you are as a person. I know who you are as a basketball player. Let's make this work. And so, yeah. like, the staff that we have, it's it's a lot of fun to come into the office every day. We, we all get along. We have a lot of fun. We all understand what we're trying to accomplish and what KP's vision is. And so, you know, he shares that vision, and now it's our job to kind of march behind him and with him to accomplish those things. And so, yeah, this past year was tough. This past year was challenging. No, no ands, ifs, and buts about it because being a competitor – you don't mm-hmm. want to be on that tail end of the, the losses that we were on this year. Mm-hmm. Now, ha- having said that, I think we took some steps. I think we established a lot of things in terms of how things are going to be run, how KP is going to handle a lot of different situations. And so for a new staff, that was all good to see um, in terms of the direction that we're going. And we feel like we're going in the right direction. The season ended. The transfer portal is real. It is alive. It's here to stay in college athletics, and you have to deal with it. And I think KP's done a tremendous job of that in terms of 
going out and finding young men that fit who KP is and fit who we are as a staff. And so we're excited about the direction. Um, now, obviously, we've got to, you know, have a much better year than we had this year. And we all understand that. Um, and we're looking forward to that challenge. And we feel like we're going to meet that challenge head on. I want to piggyback on that for a second. Um, you know, of course, people ask Louisville basketball. They ask me about it all the time, you know, thinking, mm -hmm. what's going on with Louisville this year? What's going on? How are they going to do? How are they going to be? I know you're going to be fine because I grew up watching, well, I grew up watching, idolizing Daryl mm -hmm. Griffith and those yep. teams. Yes. When I was um, in Washington, when I got traded to Washington, I'd played against the guy who was my assistant coach now, and that was Derek Smith. Yep. And then and got to know little baby Nolan Smith at right. that point. And then Derek passed away that one summer on a cruise, on a trip. Mm -hmm. And the shock waves from that death are still being felt. Derek Smith was one of the most unique guys I've ever come across. And it, it makes me choke up talking about it right now. Yeah. Um, just gone, you know, like that. And the void hasn't been filled. But you guys have Nolan on your staff. And I want I want you to talk a little bit about Derek and Nolan, if if you don't mind, just to Absolutely, give the yeah. listeners a little bit of uh, perspective on them as a family and, and them yes. as people. Yeah. So for me, Ron Grinker was the agent that uh, represented my father when he played professional basketball. And I had a lifelong relationship with him. Ron represented Derek. And um, Ron was someone who he, he used to bring all of his clients into Cincinnati and we would have group workouts. And the veteran guys or the, the more experienced or the, the leadership type guys would lead all these workouts. So we were doing, you know, whatever lifting that we're going to do. We're doing aerobics. We're doing skill work. We're playing. We're going to Xavier. We're going to Cincinnati. We're going to the Jewish Community Center. And Derek was the leader for the group. And Derek was somebody who, like for me, I've been around him before because when I was in high school, Derek would bring me out to Louisville and spend a little time. I would spend time with him and he would go into the gym and he would work. He would show me how to work, how to, how to carry myself, how to get after it, if you will. And I became a professional and that continued to that same realm. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so for me, um, being around Derek, you know, spending time with Monica and, and Sydney and, and, and little Nolan at that time mm -hmm. was, I didn't know it was going to morph into what it is, right, what right. this is right now. But um, it's it's been truly a blessing because of who Derek was, as you said, the type of person that he was, um, Monica, the type of person that she is. And, you know, she's back in this area now. She's back here. She's living here. See her all the time. Um, terrific family. Yeah. Those, those those two were great, great parents. Mm -hmm. And then you see Sydney and how she's developed as, as, as a young lady. And you see all yeah. the success that Nolan has had as a player in high school, um, going to Oak Hill and having the success there, moving on to Duke and winning a national championship there, um, getting drafted and playing professionally, um, mm -hmm. battling adversity in terms of injuries and still having a career going overseas. And then you see what he did um, on the coaching front. And so for me, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of, fun but it's been more gratifying than anything just to see the the type of perseverance to see the type of young man that that nolan is i mean i remember being at that service i remember walking past him yeah. 
Yeah. Um, Same. Going going past the casket and seeing him sitting next to his mom and then seeing the things that he accomplished and who he is and the chance for me to see him every day. I mean, I walked past his office and he's got a pair of Derek's pony shoes. Oh, uh, man. Right there on the shelf. And it's like, wow. You know, and I, yeah. I, I look back and he came in one day this year and I don't know if you remember when Derek passed away, a lot of us wore those wristbands mm-hmm. yeah. that had DS on them. Yeah. And he had one of the purple ones wow. with the orange DS. And wow. so I kind of looked at it. I remember. It it I like, remember. Yeah. And, and you kind of look at it and it's just like, you know, you know I, I used to wear those. Like, Yo, I know. Yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, just one of those uh, moments where it's just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, right. Like, like whoa. And, and, and so, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And so, you know, I, I being around him now, um, I, know, I know Derek would be extremely happy and proud of the young man that he is. He's got a family. He's got two great kids, a wonderful wife. Um, so it's been really gratifying in that sense as well. I'm going to tell on somebody. Derek told me <laughs> one of the one of the greatest stories. He was a rookie and uh, was back in the it was Sacramento. And it was uh, back in the day where, you know, during training camp, you had roommates. And mm-hmm. he had a roommate and one of the enforcers in our league for a long time, Otis Thorpe. Yep. And uh, they first night of camp, they're getting ready to go to bed. Derek turns the TV off, goes to turn the lights off, turn goes to the switch. And Otis says, what are you doing? And Derek said, just get ready to turn the lights off. So he said, nope, no, no, no. Lights stay on. <laughs> Otis Thorpe did not like the dark. <laughs> And right, sleep okay. with the lights. <laughs> okay. Otis oh, wow. was afraid wow. of the dark. The wow. enforcer. Yes. The enforcer. Right. Yep. yes. Hey, we, yes. we all have our things, right? That's right. We all have that our things. Right. Hey, Danny. Danny, um, so the tournament just finished. Uh, UConn is this year's champion. Yeah. It was a really, you know, not a chalk uh, <laughs> tournament yeah. this year. Right. Um, right. And the game changes every year now with super seniors and all this stuff that's going on. What did you learn from watching the tournament about the where the college game is going? Um, Josh, I didn't learn much from the standpoint of this. You look at the UConn team and look how uh, Hurley built that team. Mm-hmm. He had, in my estimation, he had the two best centers in college basketball playing together. Right. You, I mean, you got two studs. You, you start with an All-American who comes in as super effective in what he does, scoring the basketball, the presence that he carves out. Then you bring in the young kid who you're playing about 15 minutes a night just I mean, because he's that good. Yeah. And, and everything else just kind of falls into play. Hawkins is a terrific player, right? Jackson. Jackson. Jackson, Newton, and all these guys. I mean, they're bringing guys in off the bench that were key clogs at ACC schools Yeah, that now are coming in off the bench. And so that team was put together in a spectacular fashion, and they played well. You know, yeah, they started out rough, got to the middle of the season, hit another rough patch, um, and kind of just worked through it. But once they got to the tournament and the way that they were beating teams and how they were playing was really impressive to me. It was I mean, was was fun to watch just from a basketball fan. Uh, it was really fun to watch and how those guys just gravitated towards one another. It brings back a lot of memories 
it brings back a lot of memories from the standpoint mm. of not winning a championship, but from the standpoint of everybody sacrificing for the whole. Yeah. You know, you can you can see and feel different moments where you go back in time and reflect like, wow, we were we were at this point. We were in yeah. this situation at one point. And it might not be just on the court. It might be mm. when you see a, a special on them and they're <laughs> off the court and they're hanging on the bus or they're in the yeah. locker room or they're in the cafeteria or, or those types of things is where you really get that feel of, wow, that was a cool time. We were fortunate. That was a lot of fun. And so that that's what that NCAA tournament does to me. I mean, you hear that music. And once you hear that music, it just it takes you back right away. Yeah. And it might take you back. It could take you back to the, a game. It could take you back to a moment in the locker room or where you're you're hanging out with your teammates. It could be on the bus. It could be a practice. I mean, it it, it just jogs so many different memories. Um, and you realize that each year that passes, how fortunate you were to have those experiences. As you get older, as we all know, you become a little bit more sentimental. You become a little bit more, wow, that was pretty cool. And, you know, we tell our guys every day, tomorrow's not promised. You know, you got to be fortunate and grateful for the day. And, and, you know, you look back on those experiences and it becomes a little bit more fonder because you, you understand how fortunate you were to have those experiences. Just to being in college, being with guys that you had a chance to grow up with and, and develop with. And um, yeah, it just, it's really special when you, you have a chance to look back on it and you realize how big of an impact all those guys, all those teammates had on you in some way, shape or form. D um, before we let you go here in a few minutes, mm -hmm. I want, I want to ask about this. When you watch the Clippers, Play right now and you see Steve Ballmer and and the way that they handle their business I don't want to get into the, the mm -hmm. shit with Donald Sterling but can do you ever think about you know what it might have been like to be drafted by a Steve Ballmer like franchise as opposed to you know the one that you were drafted to which never paid their players they you know would develop guys and then never pay them a lot of mm -hmm. stuff was do, how do you watch the Clippers now I watch the Clippers now with a lot of, of a lot of interest, just because there's a connection that I'll always have. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was drafted by the Clippers. I got a chance to, to develop and grow playing in that franchise, and and to this day, I mean, Rex, I moved out there and I didn't know what to expect. And I didn't know what was going on. I go from Lawrence, Kansas to L.A. And, you gave the Clippers an All Star, right? And but the thing for me was like the culture shock of being yeah. there was, was, was something that I was scared to death moving mm -hmm. out there. Now mm -hmm. I love LA to this day. I mean, to this day, I, I'll go, I, if I can go out there and visit, whether it's go down the coast to San Diego or, yep. or I, I love LA, but going out there, I was scared to death. So for me, Rex, it was, yes, it was discussed when I was drafted by the Clippers. Okay. Do we want to play hardball and not sign with mm -hmm. them and try to force our way out or, do you want to play the hand that you've been dealt, so to speak? And and my choice was to play the hand that I was dealt. And to be and, honest and with Brian you, Shaw, some some guy, Danny, somebody had already sat out for the Clippers, right? They wouldn't go to the Clippers. That was the year after. That was Danny Ferry. Danny Ferry, Brian Shaw, those guys yep. like went other places and played overseas mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So That's that right. was an option. It was uh, an at option. the time. It was an option at the time, but. The goal was also to play in the NBA. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and then so I, I also knew from 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 Derek also Derek yep. played for the Clippers. So you know yep. we had a we had a feel in terms of how Sterling was, and it was just mm-hmm. like I don't want to blow my opportunity to play in the NBA right now. Right. And, Before and, I and get that, there. Right. And and so that was the mindset for me. I'm going to go and and hopefully everything works out and and we have a lot of fun. We win some games and 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 things turn. So you walk in the door and you have Charles Smith. You walk in yeah. the door, you have Gary Grant. You walk in the door and it's Tom Garrett. Rob Locke was there with us as well. Big Bob Locke, that's right. right. I and remember. Then, and then the guys that are already there the year before, Reggie Williams from Georgetown. Yeah, Ken Norman from man. Illinois. Talent. Joe Wolf. Joe Wolf from North Lo- Carolina. Lloyd Vaught. Yes, comes in after. Comes and so, in later. So, you know, you feel like things are moving in the right direction, but at the end of the day, Sterling was Sterling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, you know, you deal with it and you move on. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy for the Clippers in regards to the things that they've done. Um, happy with the Clippers with um, Bomber being there and now mm-hmm. getting a, an identity of their own in terms yeah. of the new, the new setup and the new facility that he's working mm-hmm. on. Um, but, you know, the Clippers will always have a special place in my heart because they gave me a chance to play in the NBA. That was the team yeah. that drafted me. And yeah. so that's always going to be special. Fantastic. D, what's your favorite movie of all time? Favorite movie of all time? Um, then, you know what, Rex, a lot of it kind of depends on where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at this age, I get you. <laughs> you know, I mean, so I enjoy comedies. And so um, coming to America and life are two that jump out right away for me. I think we saw Uh, life together on the road in San Antonio. (laughs) Right. Um, And and then, you know, like, remember the Titans is one that's really, you know, moving for me. So a lot of it just depends on uh, kind of the mood and and where I'm at. You know, the older I get, the more. I mean, I'm sure a lot of us go through this. You know, your emotions ring out a little bit differently. Um, There's certain days, you know, that, the Coach Valvano speech of you got to mm. live, love, you got to laugh, you got to yeah. cry, yeah. You, all those things come into play. And, then, you know, there's certain yeah. certain days that they come into play a little bit more than others. But, um, you know, at the end of the Good. day, I've kind of just, for me, I, I, we have time. That's all we have left. Yeah. And so every day I want to wake up. I'm thankful and grateful for the day. I want to learn a little bit. I want to gain some insight about something Um I, I want to make sure I spend time in my own thoughts, um, mm-hmm. whether I'm exercising. I don't exercise anymore much anymore, but stretching <laughs> stretching is what I consider exercise yeah, now. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, things of, things of that nature. Um, because I, I realize, you know, we're, we're on the downward swing. I yes, mean, sir. you talked about it when we first got on, but, you know, Felton Spencer passes away. Cedric and, Jenkins last week. Uh, Felton, and, yeah. Right. And these are guys that uh, we saw two, three weeks before. Yes. And and you realize that, man, it's, you know, for me growing up, and uh, you were the same way, like, mm-hmm. oh, I got this physical ailment. Oh, don't, I'm going to worry about it. I can get through it. Yeah. And now it's just like, oh, no, I'm taking my ass to the doctor. You got to take I'm, care of it. <laughs> yes. I'm you going to see the doctor. It. Because, because it's selfishly, you know, it's like uh, I want to. I want to be around my kids. I want right. to. I want to see the grandkids. I want to see grandkids now. D. I got, got a grandkid. That's right. And, and so, you know, those are things that come into play now um, for you. Yeah. Whereas in the past, it was just like, 
you know, how we handled injuries. Oh, I got a twisted yep. ankle. I'm going to get some treatment, but yeah, uh, I'll figure out <laughs> I'll a way to right. do it. Yeah, there I'll you go. Right. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So, you know, so, all that's Danny, changed now. Front row center for uh, any entertainer, singer, band, uh, athlete, speaker, dead or alive. Who do you, who do you go with? Um, probably the last person I saw was Eric Thomas, E.T., he came wow. in and, and spoke to our team um, earlier this year. And wow. I've, I've known of him. I've seen his work. Um, but to actually sit in the room, our locker room, that intimate environment and feel his wow. energy, wow. feel his purpose, feel his passion was moving to me. Fantastic. I mean, I got, I got emotional just listening to him share his story, talk to our guys, motivate our guys. Not just about basketball, but about yeah. life. You know, and those are the things that Rex and I were fortunate enough to have with our fathers growing up. Yeah, basketball mm -hmm. is a huge yeah. part, but it wasn't just about basketball. Right. You know, yeah, you can be the best basketball player in the world, but I said take the trash out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so all those things come into play too. So but I would say Eric Thomas. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I remember D coming home from uh, school one day. I was like a seventh grader and I was trying to play on the freshman team and uh -huh. I came home and, and, uh, uh, I, I made a comment to my dad. He said, how'd practice go? I said, coach doesn't know anything Dad." he said, yeah. what? I said, yeah, coach, I'm not playing much. He said, you don't think your coach wants to win? I said, right. yeah. He said, then play better, right. play hard, play better. Right. And he'll put you in the game. Don't ever let me hear you say that again. That's right. And then it right. wasn't until years later, he knew the coach didn't really know that much. He mm -hmm. was never going to let me know that. You play right. for that man. That's, this That's is, right. You do what he says. That anyway. is it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, man. Come back and all do right. this again. No worries at all. Great seeing you, Rex. Josh, nice seeing you and meeting you as well, my man. Nice much to meet love. you and good, good luck. Good luck to you guys. That's Easy D. Sweet D. Danny Manning. Easy D. E-Z-D. The best. Well, that that was a lot of fun seeing the. Uh, I love it when it's uh, guys that you love and love you do and yeah. And, uh, and if you've played, got all these stories together, it just it's um, makes the pod so much fun just to see you guys interact. The history, it's just yeah. fun to watch. Yeah, man. I, I swear, I you know, Danny. I was super fortunate to end up playing with Danny. We played together on the USA team, and then we played together four or five years in Phoenix. You talk about a dream, and I'm. You played a lot of basketball growing up. You played sports growing up, Josh. You can think of the guys in your in your life that you played alongside in a sport that you were like, "Damn, this is fun when I'm out there with him." Yeah, yeah. like we have it an unspoken language. I know where he's going to be. He knows where I'm going to be. It's like we're on the same one of the most enjoyable teammates I've ever played with is Danny Manning from a teammate standpoint off the court, hilarious, loves to laugh, um, smart, but honest to goodness, one of the best basketball players to ever lace him up. I mean, there was nothing Danny couldn't do. And if he played today, he would be shooting three. There's no question yeah. about oh, sure, it. Right? Sure. And, right. and when, uh, when you asked him the question about how tough it was, you know, getting injured and what that was like and, and that what he thought. 
he didn't say one negative thing. He no. didn't go, yeah, I mean, I had some tough times. He was just like, yeah, I, you know, it was the cards I was dealt. He kept saying yeah. that and I had to go work hard and then I had to prove to my kids what work. He never said emotional, one. Emotional intelligence. He's been that way from yeah. the, the eight, 18 years old. And, you know, I'm still struggling with that part of life. Mm -hmm. um, he, anyway. He, he was amazing. You know, I wrote down, I just want to say, some of the coaches he played for and have mm -hmm. coached with Larry Brown, Lenny Wilkins, Paul Westfall, Cotton, <laughs> Cotton Fitzsimmons, George Carl, Don Nelson. In, in different settings, he's coached with Bill Self, Billy Donovan, Ed Cooley, Sean Miller, our man Calipari. I mean, the wealth, and his dad's a coach, you know, and uh, uh, the wealth of knowledge. Can you imagine Kenny Payne looking down the bench and being, what do you think? There's your guy. There's your guy, and you got Nolan Smith sitting right there, too. I mean, they're, they're going to be fine at, at Louisville. I'm selfishly rooting for them because they're my buddies. I root for Louisville anyway when they're not playing UK. Um, I'm just I'm just thrilled that we were able to get Easy D, Danny Manning. Next, we're going to have to try to get our guy Kenny Peck on here now. Right? That'd be great. That'd be uh, great. Right. Well, do it again next week, Josh? Yes, sir. All right, that's been it. Join us back here next time, powered by basketballnews.com for the Rex Chapman Show with Super Josh Hopkins.